Break up the Royals. They've won 7 of 8 heading into a series tonight at Milwaukee, and although it's not enough to get them into the playoff picture, it's encouraging to see the development of the starting rotation, especially Brady Singer. Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Friday, September 18th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Beat writer Lynn Worthy stops by to talk Royals, including the recent performances of Singer and Brad Keller. We also talk about the recent news involving Danny Duffy, who missed his previous start after missing a team flight. After a break, we'll talk Chiefs because, well, it's football season. You'll hear from defensive end Frank Clark, who met the media on Thursday. Clark spoke to playing with improved health and gave his thoughts on defending the L.A. Chargers and quarterback Tyrod Taylor on Sunday. But first, let's talk Royals with Lynn Worthy. Okay, Lynn, I... um. You know, took the calculator out this morning and applied the uh, Royals 21 and 29 record uh, projected over 162 games. And uh, they would be in a 162 game season, 57 and 78. So not great, right? I mean, it's still you know 19 games under 500 and um, would, would be as they are now pretty much out of postseason contention. But when I looked at it, you know, 57 wins projected over 162 games last year when they had their, when they got their 57th win, they had 99 losses. And, you know, over 162 game season with a 78 projected loss, when they got their 78th loss last year, they had 43 wins. So this is, um, you know, the I guess winning seven out of eight in a 60-game season can make a big difference to a team, uh, as it has for the Royals. But that's that's a little bit of progress, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's um, it's not obviously, you know, a uh, one of those storybook turnarounds, but it's, um, you know, it's still a far cry from back-to-back 100-loss seasons. And I think the other thing is you see signs of things that you – you can, you know, talk yourself into at least it's uh, encouraging going forward, whether that's the young pitchers, that's the health of some, uh, you know, your key guys like Salvador Perez or, you know, just Mondesi being able to do, you know, uh, some things at the plate where it looked like he couldn't do anything for a while there. Let's let's talk about it. Let's start with the pitching. Um, it, it really has been terrific, starting pitching for the Royals. This is an organization that has, you know, really had a, tough time over the, I don't know, X number of years developing, drafting and developing, starting pitching. And now all of a sudden, here's a, you know, here's an organization that is rolling out young pitchers who are doing an outstanding job. Let's start with Brady Singer. Back-to-back games of of shutout performance uh, in his start. So he's got 14 consecutive scoreless innings. He was was terrific in Detroit. I don't know if you can – you know, the the first one of those efforts was against Pittsburgh. The Pirates may be the worst team in baseball and having all kinds of problems this year. But Detroit's still swinging the bat pretty well. Have have some um, well, some, some, well. Actually, his the, the near no hitter was in uh, was the last game in Cleveland. And oh, that's we're right. About that's a, right. A playoff team here. You know, I mean, yeah. Uh, Thank, so yeah. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, they 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 did get you know they had that that string of. Um, uh, six straight wins and three of those are against Pittsburgh, which you could kind of say like, all right, Pittsburgh is, you know, I mean, you could you could say Pittsburgh is sort of the dregs, but at the same time, you're like, well, the 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 Royals record wasn't all that stellar at that point either. So it's, <laughs> true. So I mean, um, but uh, but 
the the part that I guess can is easy to forget is that the first three of those games of that six game stretch was against Cleveland, who's a team that you know was uh, right there in the mix at the time, at least with uh, uh, Minnesota and Chicago for the Central Division, um, and the team that was you know probably projected by a lot of people to be the Central Division champ this year. Um, so the first three wins, including that that singer near no hitter, was uh, was in Cleveland uh, against it was yeah on the road against Cleveland. So what what is what is he doing well? What where is why why is this succeeding? I mean is he's he's young. We were talking about him, you know, before we knew you know, the, how the baseball season was going to shape up, you know, whether he was going to be with the team coming out of spring training, but gosh, he is just he's been so impressive. What's what's been the key to him to his success? Well, there's the, you know, the 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 this the old standbys of keeping the ball down and um, you know, and, um being able to um, command fastball, that sort of stuff. But to me, the biggest thing, just from, you know, talking to him after each one of the starts that he's had, and I asked him about it after this latest start in Detroit, was his misses, I think, are just so much better now. And it's kind of a weird thing to say, but I think, and he even sort of acknowledged it and agreed with it because he's like, yeah, earlier in the year, some of his misses might have been more over the plate and those were the ones where he's getting hit hard or he had that stretch where he seemed like he was giving up, you know, he might not have given up a whole lot of runs, but he gave up like, you know, a home run or two in like three or four straight starts. And that was because when he was missing, you know, his spot, he wasn't missing his spot off the plate away or off the plate in or down. He was missing his spot out over the heart of the plate and he was getting hit hard on that miss. It might only be one or two a game, but that one was getting hit hard. And he's not doing that, at least not in these last two starts. He's, when he misses, it doesn't seem like he's missing that often. But when he misses, it's not something he's going to have to pay for. Um, and then he's, you know, again, those old, like I said, those old standbys that command this fastball. He's really doing most of it with just two pitches, the fastball and the slider. And he's, you know, he's got a good command of that slider where he's able to make it look different ways when he wants. But um, to me, the biggest thing is him not missing the way that he was earlier and being able to keep teams to just weak contact singles. I mean, I think – in the last two starts, there's been like one one runner has reached second base. I mean, and wow. it's, you know, we mentioned the 14 scoreless and then there's 16 strikeouts in that span. And I want to say it's four hits or three, three hits. According to the, yeah, to the, to the Royals yeah. notes, three hits. Yeah, three hits. So, um, yeah, that's, to me, that's the biggest thing is that he's not leaving you something you can do damage with at all now. Right. Okay. So uh, again, well, I'll refer to the Royals' notes uh, in his last outing against Detroit. Uh, threw ten strikes in the first inning, one pitch away from an immaculate inning of uh, three strikeouts, and uh, only spoiled only by a, a Miggy Cabrera foul ball. <laughs> so uh, ten strikes, ten pitches, ten strikes in the first inning, and he struck out the first five in that game. To um, the only other Royals pitcher in history who had done that was Gil Mesh uh, back in uh, uh, two thousand and eight. So. Incredible game, and what a great stretch for Brady Singer and reason to believe that um, the horizon, there's just uh, some good things on the horizon with the Royals um, uh, pitching and the starting rotation. It's not just Singer, is it? I mean, they've, they've gotten, you know, in this in this stretch, they have gotten quality starts from several guys. Yeah, yeah, and the, and the thing that I wondered about, I mean, I know it, it probably was no chance, uh, you know, even looking back on it, that they would let Singer go deep in that game just because he took that no hitter into the eighth and ended up throwing 119 pitches. But 
um, they've sort of talked about the idea of these pitchers competing with one another and trying to, you know, uh, push each other. So the fact that in between those two starts was a Brad Keller complete game shutout made me think, well, maybe they're going to let Singer go. I mean, because he six scoreless, so maybe they're going to let him go and, and try and match that. But um, the pitch count from the, the previous game, they just weren't going to let that happen. But um, but yeah, I mean, like I say, sandwiched in between there is Brad Keller just going, you know, dominant, uh, complete game, uh, his first career shutout. And uh, and that one was against Pittsburgh, but I mean, I'm not sure it didn't matter who it was against that day. That was he was not giving up much anything. All right, okay. So I'm glad you corrected me on that. Um, I had him pitching against the Pirates, and he was a singer, and it was the last game against the Indians, and it ma- makes it much more impressive. So, how does the rotation set up for um, the, the the upcoming series? Series that starts tonight in Milwaukee against the Brewers. I guess we're going to see Danny Duffy, who missed his last start. Yeah, I was going to say that's that's where you, that's where that series starts. Is it starts with the return of Danny Duff to the rotation after him missing Tuesday's start. He was scheduled to be the starter Tuesday for the first game in Detroit. Um, missed the team flight, didn't make that start. Jacob Junis made the start instead on short notice. I think he found out around 10.30, 11.30 that morning that he was going to be starting that night, and uh, he didn't make it through three and maybe it was two i think it was two and a third i think he made it through and gave him five and uh that was the one game that they've lost in this stretch where they've won seven out of eight um but yeah so duffy will be back uh he'll make the start friday night in milwaukee um it, as, far, as far as we can tell everything has checked out i mean the 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 seems like the stance from the royals has been um he missed the team flight and him missing the start was their discipline for missing the team flight. Uh, as far as we know, there's nothing more disciplinary uh, or nothing more to come because it doesn't look like there's more, at least as we can tell right now to that. Um, there was the Fox report that, you know, he was uh, found with uh, damage to his car and, um, and the information from the police was, uh, sounds like there, there isn't a whole lot to it other than, you know, he had a car that was inoperable um, there was no signs of, you know, like they, it wasn't even a full instant report. It was, um, they were, they received the call about, you know, suspicious vehicles, suspicious person. So they went out there, um, they found, you know, they didn't even refer to him by name in the information, but, uh, found the mail in the car, um, uh, parked legally. Um, there was a key, you know, the car was off, no keys in the ignition, in the ignition. Um, there was some damage to the vehicle and they don't, they don't specify damage. So I think, you know, I mean, we don't know if it was, you know, uh, a problem with the tire where you can't drive it. It says it was incapable of operating, but we don't know what that, the extent of that is. So I think people want to, um, some people want to jump to, well, you know, was there an accident or something like that? But um, when they don't specify the damage, that doesn't necessarily mean that it was, you know, like damage, body damage, things that we don't know. I mean, that could have been, a, um, you know, it could have been anything. So we're speculating on that. Right. Um, and, and we haven't talked. We haven't talked to him since, right? I mean, he hasn't been. No, no he available hasn't. He hasn't. He hasn't talked since. Um, the Royals have, you know, not really gone into detail about that, and they've and they've said, you know, the, the indication from them was wasn't that the the punishment was because there was some other incident. As a matter of fact, the, the reason that they didn't announce when he was going to start until yesterday was because they were waiting to make sure that they had a good handle on what if there wasn't anything else to come before they announced that he was going to start again so if they found out some more details or some some of the information that you know there was something more behind him missing the, the flight then um then he might have got pushed back even further but um the fact that they have uh, okayed him to start on friday means that they've 
from their information that, that he was uh it was pretty much a um closed case as far as you know uh just he missed the flight and and they're gonna move on from that i just wish he had you know gotten a ride uh you know um yeah called, well called a friend or... he did end up eventually getting a ride so that's the thing but um and he made he made it to the um he made it with the team that uh night in detroit he didn't make it on their flight but he made it to uh, meet up with them in detroit that night um but yeah the, like i said the disciplinary was missing the flight and it was the the thing is is that it sounds like there was he missed it by a good deal it wasn't just like the um you know the car incident slowed him down he didn't make it to the airport it sounded like um he missed the flight clearly and then the the car issue was on top of that but um yeah so that's why they said okay well we're gonna skip that it wasn't just a, oh he was running late so he missed the start it's like no no he missed it clearly missed it and he yeah. missed it by it sounds like a couple hours and so that's why they're like okay well they just skipped him and they called it disciplinary actions and he apologized to the team on tuesday um and he was you know he was there you saw him on the broadcast in the dugout on uh for a Tuesday's game. Um, but yeah, they just weren't going to start them and they weren't going to make any decision until they f were pretty um, comfortable that there was nothing more to come out of this. You know, the last time we talked, we, uh, we were talking, we, we chatted about uh, Alberto Mondesi's improvement at the plate. Um, you know, that's, you know, that's continuing. It's a, it's a work in progress, but I don't, I don't know if we can have a conversation without talking about Salvador Perez and what he's done since he has returned to the lineup. Uh, missing, oh gosh, I don't know, was it uh, 20 days or something? 20, 20 games, yep, and then came back like there was nothing, like he was never gone. I mean, uh, yeah. I, amazing. <laughs> to, to, I mean, just all the starts and stops this year is sort of um, mind boggling to me when you think about, you know, there's the start and stop that everybody had with spring training um, being put on hold, but then he had a late start to the second spring training because of um COVID-19 so he was he had like a week of the second spring training before they started playing exhibition games and then jumped into the season um and so then he plays and he's playing well he's probably at that point that he missed those 20 games the best you know he was clearly the best uh, player they had um to that point in the season and then he misses 20 games and he comes back and just jumps right back in and so as we sit here he's played in 27 games he's hitting 349 um, with all with all those games missed, he's still you know got six homers and 18 RBIs, um, slugging his uh, about his up over 600 um, OPS is 974. So I mean this is um, I mean and this is the return season too. I mean this was you know yes. this was the right. you know he didn't play for a full year had Tommy John and now he's um, diving back into things. Exactly. I don't want to. Um, uh, well, I think this suggests makes a good point about when, when, when Salvi is in the lineup, the Royals this season are 13 and 14. They're one game under 500. Um, and without him, obviously, um, you know, they're, they're seven games under 500. So he makes a difference. And he has certainly made a difference. Multi-hit games in, in the five games since he's returned, a couple of home runs. You mentioned his 349 batting average. He was hitting 307 when he returned um, last week. So his, his average has jumped more than 40 points. So it's just a, it's been fun to see him at the plate. He just seems to be swinging with more discipline. Uh, doesn't, uh, you know, he's a no notorious swinger. Just loves to swing the bat. And mm -hmm. he just seems to be more selective these days. Not like he's walking a lot, but uh, he, he did have a walk in the last game, but 
Um, he just, uh, he's not missing his pitch and a couple of home runs, four doubles since he's been back. He has just been on fire and fun to see when, when Salvi's swinging the bat like this. Yeah. Yeah. And that, the top third of that lineup now with, uh, with Mondesi going now and with Salvi in that three spot. So you got Witt, Mondi and Salvi. And I mean, they, they basically drove the bus the last game, the last game in um, Detroit, they won right. four nothing and all four runs came. From that group, I think it was two hits each for uh, for all three of them. Witt scored twice. I think Salvi and Mondi scored once each, if I remember correctly. Um, Salvi drove in three of those runs. I mean, it was like that. It was the the top third of the lineup, and everybody else took the day off. Like it was, <laughs> and they still won the game four nothing. So. Right, right. So, okay, all right, Lynn. Ten games left for the Royals. Uh, they won't be in the playoffs this year. Uh, we will uh, we'll catch up again next week. Maybe talk about the the playoff format and and, and the uh, the playoff picture will come into focus a little bit more next week. So we'll catch up with catch up with you then. And uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, you're going to hear uh, interview from earlier this week with Chiefs defensive end Frank Clark. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Let's start with Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Frank. What's up, man? What's up, Sam? How you doing? Good. Spags mentioned something on when we talked to him just a little bit ago about the fact that you were working off to the side just just on your get off. Can you kind of take me through that process and how long that's been? So, I mean, has that been an emphasis your entire career? Has that been something more recent that, that you really tried to hone in on? Um, no, I've been working on my get off and just doing different stuff like that for my whole career. Really, um, I kind of picked up the habit back in the day. You know, I had a defensive coordinator in college, Greg Madison, and um he kind of coached my position as well. He kind of taught me a lot of things, just, you know, the, you know, throughout the course of a practice, your hips get locked, your hips get tight from, you know, you being on the field working to in between reps and stuff like that. So I do stuff like that just to stay loose, um, constantly just training my mind, training my body, you know, that repetitive, you know, muscle memory, just getting off the bar and just staying, um, staying on top of those things like that. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Try again, Adam. Yeah, Frank, uh, we, we good? Can you guys hear yeah. me? Yeah, I got okay. you. Okay, I'm, I'm wearing this hat just for you today, by the way. Oh, man, I said it's terrible. 
Um, it, it sir, you sure looked the other night like you feel better physically than maybe you did all of last season. Is that accurate? And or, or if you did eventually feel that, like you do now, was there a point maybe you can a line where you can draw where hey, this is where I started to feel this way last year? If that makes yeah. any sense. Yes. Um. Yeah. That's that, that's true. You know. Um. I am feeling better. You know. Um, like I said. Um. Our our staff here did a great job, and you know, just me coming back in from our off season and um, just figuring out, you know, getting everything corrected, getting all my correctives and stuff like that, in order so that I could start this season off fresher than I did last year. Um, you know, um, also, you know, just getting through camp. You know, you gotta. I had I started off camp a little sick, but you know, was able to come back, you know, midway point and finish out camp strong and just get my feet under myself. And you know, that was my goal, just to start this season healthier than I had started the past previous years. Um. Man, say dating back, what, three years ago, I seemed like I started every season with a different injury, you know, whether it was an elbow or, you know, whether it was a neck or whether it was, you know, you know, this or that. It was just something different. And, you know, just to start this season off and, you know, continue to go into the week strong and continue to be out there with my guys, um, it's just, it's dope, man. You know, um, seeing my, seeing my, the results and, you know, um, being able to just be out there and, and, and competing, you know, talking my stuff like I do, man. Let's go next to Harold Coons. Go ahead, Harold. Hey, Frank, a few things for you. Um, Tyron Matthew, after the game, said he was, quote, pissed off. You feel the kind of same way about that performance against Houston. That Does that help you, especially with the rookies, when you're studying film and getting involved with them, that you have something tangible to look at that you can help them, especially a guy like Tershawn Wharton? And also want to get your thoughts on Arrowhead Stadium now officially being a um, polling uh, place, lo- location, and mm-hmm. how much? what do you think of that? Oh, man, you know, it's dope. You know, we encourage everybody to get out there and vote. That's one thing we've been kind of pushing since, you know, pushing the narrative on that since we've been back in the building. And, um, you know, more than ever now, you know, our, our age vote counts, but more than ever, you know, it's so important for us to get out there and vote and um, cast our ballot. But, um, yeah, um, pissed off, man, that's the that's the, <laughs> that's the word, man, because, you know, you, you pride yourself on stopping the run, finishing game strong as a defense. And um, I feel like we, we stopped the run for the most part. Um, let let a few at the end of the game get away. Deshaun had had a few scrambles, you know, as we was um, rushing the passer when the game was, you know, obviously in our hands. But um, you know, it's just finishing games. You know, we give up two touchdowns, I believe, in the fourth quarter um, when the guys was well. We had them held to seven points at that point, and um, just just finishing the game, finishing drives, um, not letting them, not letting them those extended drives where you can get off the field, you know, on the, on the, on the first series, and then you get them, let it extended, then it stands to a touchdown, stuff like that. Um, we had some good signs. Um, no, no penalties on defense, um, stuff like that. So it was some good signs out there. It wasn't all bad. It wasn't as bad as I feel like, you know, last year, whereas, you know, you get a team coming here in the Texans and they obviously look way more prepared than us. And it just takes us having to fight and, you know, get it out the mud basically uh, and um, to claw and scratch for a victory. And um, always going to be a competitive team. Got a great quarterback over there leading them, um, Deshaun Watson, the escape wizard of the NFL. You know what I'm saying? Um but um, you know, like I said, it's 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 just competition. Competition at an all high all time high right now, and and you can see just coming out playing those guys first game. You can tell they wanted us. Go next to Breland Moore. Go ahead, Breland. Breland, you got us. All right, we'll come back to you, Breland. Let's go to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Frank, I, I just have a general question for you. We know that you love to rush the passer and, and stuff the run, but how much pride do you take in, in your ability to drop back when when that is the call? 
I'm really a DB in my spare time. I know my coaches <laughs> stuff all the time, you know. Um, back in the day, I used to play a little bit of DB. So, you know, my hips still good. I can still open up, you know, the hips, eyes, hands. That's what you need as a DB, you know. So, um, you know, my coaches, they gave me the verification, you know, let me know I had everything that checked out. And, you know, I'm, I, I got to work on my back pedal. So I'm going to get with T today after practice. I'm going to work on my back pedal a little bit and driving out of that. Um, you know, it's all in my, in my offhand jam. I got to work on my offhand jam a little bit. You know, they it's tied in this week. Think he's going to uh, run some routes on me. Uh, let's give Breland a try again. Breland, can you hear us now? Uh oh. All right, Breland's out. We're going to go to Seren. Sorry, Breland. Frank, I'm just curious to uh, get a player's perspective on this. The NFL released their testing numbers, and it's remarkable how low the positive tests are. I think it was two players. Uh, this week out of, you know, all the thousands of tests that have been given and even the support staff, the numbers are really low. Michigan, obviously, we're going to play football. Big Ten announced they're going to go back on October 24th. You've been through a big-time football program. I think Ed Orgeron said most of his players had tested positive. Why? What, what do you think the, the is, having lived through that, is the problem with college being so unsuccessful where you guys in the NFL have been incredibly successful as far as avoiding the virus? I mean, um, I feel like the biggest thing is just like any any other place is just you know how you control it after you leave, you know the the controlled environment. You know you can be put into a place of work where you know they're doing an excellent job of making sure we're safe, making sure we're socially distanced, and um you know you get outside of that, you go home, you um you want to go out to eat, go to restaurants, you want to go you know do different things like that that are that are still open that they might not have they might not be practicing their social distancing efforts. Is um, aggressive at these places, so you know that's where you fall, fall in line. And you find guys getting into a little bit of you know of, of a situation there. You know, even 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 with us, you know, we've been told you know just to kind of you know watch out how you know where we going out to eat at. You know, because you start to see as as people get more relaxed with this with the COVID stuff, you start to see seats get a little a little bit closer. You start to see people communicating a little bit more. You know, you start to see masks dropping and stuff when people are around each other, and you know that's where it's going to start. You know, and we'll never really be able to get a grasp of it until we um all buy in. It's a team effort. You know, everything in life, you know, doesn't, you know, it's not just football, basketball, and hockey, stuff like that. It involves a team. You know, it's stuff, it's stuff that's going on in our real world that involves a complete team effort as well. Close it out with Karen Kornacki. Go ahead, Karen. Frank, I just want to ask you about Tyrod Taylor. Usually you guys are used to seeing Philip Rivers when you play the Chargers, but now you've got Tyrod, and when you see him with this particular offense, what are some of the things you've been noticing about him? Um, he's a veteran, so um, everything that, you know, he understands systems, he understands blitzes and schemes, um, and he's very familiar with, you know, of course, different players on our team. Um, you know, I know I played him a, when I was at, back in Seattle. I played him a few times when he was in Buffalo. Um, uh, even now, he's with the Chargers. Um, you know, he's always been known as an elusive Quarterback, if you let him get him, if you let him get on the run, and you know allow him to get comfortable in, in the in the direction in which he's like throwing, you know he's going to make some completions, he's going to make some big plays. Um, you seen what was it last week? You watch on film, you watch from his pass. You um, if if you don't do a disciplined job rushing the passer on the edges, containing containing the passer on the inside, um, getting inside push up the middle and forcing him to bubble or forcing him to make tough decisions and tough throws over. You want him to um force him to make those over the middle, you know, you, you, his, his, his strengths is throwing to the outside and really throwing, um, you know, throwing, 
throwing those quick routes and stuff over the middle. So, you know, it's just going to be key for our inside and for our edges, our defensive line as a unit to, um, you know, keep them contained. That'll do it for today and this week on Sportsbeat KC. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Randy Mason, Beth Welch, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Lynn Worthy for stopping by and talking Royals. Links to Lynn's stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands, and still a good one. 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage. And that includes the Sports Extra with the E-Edition. There are 50 additional pages of national sports coverage today. Well, here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. Details are at account kansascity.com slash subscribe that's account dot kansascity.com slash subscribe and whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in kansas city and helping us produce programs like sports bkc thanks for listening we'll be back on monday with a new episode